Hey, it's Candy. Did you know that I have a quiz to help coaches choose their niche? Yeah, I do. It's super popular and it has been taken more than 20,000 times. This is a fun quiz that takes you about two minutes to do and it will probably give you way more clarity on choosing your best coaching niche. So now whether you say niche or niche, it's going to work for you. And if you're a coach and you have been stuck in niche indecision, wondering what to do, then you should take my quiz and find out what you learn. You can take the quiz today at coachnichequiz.com. That's coachnichequiz.com. Okay, let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome to She Coaches Coaches. I'm your host, Candy Motzek, and I'm going to help you find the clarity, confidence, and courage to become the coach that you are meant to be. If you're a new coach, or if you've always wanted to be a life coach, then this is the place for you. We're going to talk all about mindset and strategies and how to, because step-by-step only works when you have the clarity, courage, and confidence to take action. Let's get started. Hi there. So welcome to this week's episode of She Coaches Coaches. I have a special guest for you today, Joss Willard, who is a really interesting fellow. And I invited him to come on the show because I know that he's got some great wisdom. It's really going to help you out. It's going to open some new perspectives for you and hopefully really help you take those next steps to becoming a successful coach. Let me tell you a little bit about Joss before we dive in. So his mission is to help good people build profitable lives and achieve extraordinary goals while making their worlds a better place. An international coach, counselor, and consultant for more than 20 years, creator of the Profit for Coaches and Profit Flow Systems, and host of the Profit for Co- Profit for Coaches podcast. I'm sorry. Joss helps his coaches and advisors stop the stress, generate more profit, and free up hours of extra time with his profit flow. His clients make an impact with their clients. Have a great life, less stress, more money, and most importantly, time to enjoy it. Living from his own values of faith, personal responsibility, freedom, and abundance, Joss has lived in six states, three countries, and two continents, and believes deeply that what we have in common is so much stronger and more important than our differences, if we are willing to let it be so. So welcome to She Coaches Coaches. Thanks, Katie. It's great to be here. Yeah. You and I have had a couple of conversations and each time we speak, there's always more, there's always more to talk about. So I I just know that this is going to be a great conversation. Can you start me out with, yeah, that standard question, like, tell me a little bit about your journey. I know you've got a big bench of knowledge and depth, but tell us the highlights. Okay. Uh, Nutshell version, not a coconut shell. We'll go for walnut. Um, I was always that kid that people came to 
looking to talk about something, right? Hey, can I ask you a question? Can I talk to you about this thing? Uh, to the point that my parents got so tired of me getting phone calls at three o'clock in the morning from people I didn't know that they put an actual extra line in our house in my room because it was back when you had to call buildings, right? Just so that they didn't get woken up by the phone ringing. Um, and uh, had a whole bunch of experiences in, that involved uh, therapy and counseling and, and things like that without ever really getting into it. At one point I thought, you know, one day I'm going to be a, a, a therapist and that, you know, I was like in seventh grade and that dream died quickly um, and probably for the best. Uh, but I joined the army to get out of Alaskan winters and was trained to jump out of airplanes and blow up tanks, uh, but messed up my knees jumping out of airplanes and was assigned as a chaplain's assistant with no training whatsoever, because short version is in the army and in the infantry, we just assumed the chaplain's assistant's job was to drive the Jeep and file paperwork. Uh, but actually, it turns out chaplain's assistants get a whole bunch of training in counseling, and they do what's called pastoral counseling. And I got none of that training. Uh, but I got kind of thrown in the deep end. So I was helping people with uh, the Alcoholics Anonymous group, the Interfaith Prayer Circle, and counseling on everything from I'm not sure what to do when I'm when I get out of the army to I'm 5,000 miles away from my daughter on her 16th birthday to I'm sure that my spouse is cheating on me or oops, I accidentally cheated on my spouse, uh, all the way up to suicidal ideation. So I got like, and the only thing I the only tools that I had to work with at that time were what I had learned as a kid, just asking people questions and trying to help them kind of figure out what was going on in their own world. Turned out that that was the right answer. Um, this was the early 90s, so I couldn't go look it up on the internet. So I just had to kind of make it up as I went and and we did okay. Um, then um, got sent back to the United States, uh, became a training NCO, did a bunch of other fun stuff. Met a Canadian girl, came to Canada, um, met her dad and got involved in investment insurance and business. And um, through a winding series of adventures, uh, learned everything you possibly would want to know about business owner succession planning and how to take a business from stressful job with a client list and maybe some customers and, and uh, maybe some inventory and some employees to a successful business that you can exit from for multiple six, seven, eight figures and get the money out in tax advantage ways. Um, and that through several years turned into uh, business coaching um, with less of, an, of a focus on the investment and insurance side. And uh, so I've been doing that for, for many years now, helping business owners make their businesses more successful. And along the way, I started helping other coaches. And part of that was I got helped. Like when I first started the coaching business, I left the, the investment insurance side and the, and the succession planning side and had another business coach reach out to me and say, hey, Joss, there's more to being a business coach than just what you know, the, the technical side, there's actually, you need to know how to run a, and own a successful coaching business. So come work with me for a while. Um, and there was definitely a uh, win-win in it for him too, because he knew I was good at what I did and we had shared clients and some other things, but he, you know, basically for two years, I apprenticed with him learning how to run a successful coaching business in addition to being a great coach. And um, along the way, he was the first one that taught me what I call the law of coopetition, which is that there are not enough people, or sorry, there are way more people in the world that need good coaching than there are good coaches providing that coaching. And so he was always willing to 
talk to other coaches, support other coaches. And he kind of instilled that in me. And so for many years, I did masterminds with other coaches. I did group things and one-to-one, we'd have a cup of coffee. That kind of, I always supported other coaches, but I never wanted to be part of the online coaching industry because that industry was kind of yucky, still kind of is. Um, but in 2020, one of my mentors finally said to me, Joss, at least a quarter of your business is helping other coaches. Um, why don't you plant your flag in that space? And I hemmed and hawed about it a bit. And then eventually uh, he, he showed me that the fact that, that the online coaching industry is so icky and that I stand for something so very different um, and an outcome that is very different, that that's why I needed to plant my flag there. So in 2020, the Profit for Coaches brand was born. It's still about a quarter of my business, uh, but that's where I go specifically to help other coaches go from, you know, they've achieved that $120,000 a year or so, $80,000 to $120,000 a year. They feel like they've got a business. They know what they're doing, but they're, they're still not a business owner yet. They still don't feel like a business owner. They still just feel like a coach making money and dealing with all the ups and downs. And so now they're ready to turn it into a business. So that's that's the long, windy road to how I got to where I'm at. It's interesting because as you're describing your journey, I've got three different questions But the one that I'd like to focus on is, I think what you called the law of coopetition. And the reason that this is so important is that first, new coaches often don't think that there's going to be enough clients to go around. So there's the first. And then Mm -hmm. the second is that there is this thought or this belief that kind of runs around the online space that says coaching is saturated. And I I think those two go hand in hand. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think this is really important for the new coaches and the ones, you know, like the coaches who are like, just getting their feet underneath them. I want to see them see a new way. Yeah, absolutely. So Let's start with the business coaching side, just because it's the one that's that's easiest to demonstrate with numbers. So starting with that business coaching side, in the town, in the city that, that I lived in when I got started, there were 59,000 registered businesses. So that's incorporated registered businesses just in this one city. That didn't include all the solopreneurs or the businesses that were doing business in the city, but weren't registered or incorporated in the city. So 59,000 businesses. So if my partner and I at that time were really good and could handle a thousand businesses a year and assuming that none of them renewed with us, it would still have taken us 59 years to get through every business, just the incorporated businesses in the city. There's way, way more business out there than we as individual coaches could handle. Now, most coaches, especially if they're in that spot where they're in their first few years of business, they're just getting started. Like you said, um, generally speaking, they can't handle more than 20 clients, 20 to 25 clients a year, one-to-one, and actually give them the attention that they need, show up in a way that creates the transformation that that is necessary there. Like it just doesn't happen, not at the business coaching level. So more, I mean, like realistically there, there's no way we can catch up with all the businesses. Then factor in how many businesses fail every year, how many businesses get launched every year, and all of the people that need help with that. Like it's it's an endless, and that's the restricted, limited space of business coaching. If you get into the life coaching side of things, like uh, I mean, 
fitness. It's a multi-billion dollar a year industry. And it's a it's an ongoing industry because the vast majority of that industry isn't actually designed to create fundamental transformation. It's designed to create ongoing clients or ongoing customers, I should say. Um, the different types of life coaching, if we're talking about intervention, if we're talking about relationship coaching, if we're talking, there's so many out there and there's many clients there as there are people on the planet. Okay. So that's, are we, have we hit, we've hit 8 billion now, right? So yeah, yeah, like, we've, yeah, we hit 8 billion. Uh, I think it was about six months ago that I saw that. So this piece is interesting because there's, there's two things here. The first mm-hmm. is you also said for trained coaches. And I think that that is a really important criteria. You know, there are a lot of people in the world that would love to be a coach, but they might just call themselves a coach, but they haven't even taken some basic training. And that's a real bone of contention for a lot of people. Like, how do you call yourself a plumber if you've never actually taken training? How do you call yourself, you know, a doctor if you've never taken any training? So if you want to be a coach, it's time to get some training. And there's always more training. Like, you know, professional development is a big thing in this space. And I really honor that. So you had these two criteria. The first is the numbers. The second is trained coaches. And the third thing that you've alluded to that I think is interesting is it's not a one-to-one relationship, right? Like one person is not ever going to just have one coach. No, We would maybe have a business coach. We might have a health coach. We might have multiple coaches. So it's even, you know, it's sort of even more fertile than we might normally have said. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think, and there's, there's an interesting other side to that coin is the concept of, and this is, this is the thing that drives me bonkers about most, most coach training is we come out with this Swiss army knife that is coaching skills. And we're like, I can help anyone. Right. And the first, the first advice that, that, that most coaches are given is niche down, pick an industry and eh, getting narrow. Yes. Becoming a category authority in one, one particular spot. You don't even actually have to have become, it's, it's even better if you, rather than becoming a category authority, become a category of one. But the point is this idea that I'm a coach because I've gone through my training and I, I can coach anybody on anything because coaching is non-specific and it's about asking questions and drawing the answer from the, the client and, and you know they have the answers. I don't need to have the answers, so it doesn't matter. Um, I, I think that side of that coin, especially if, if someone has taken one certification course, right? Mm-hmm. You, so you've got the one who thinks they can help everybody with everything. And then you have the ones that you were talking about who they don't have any real training. They haven't built any real coaching skill set, but they often are what I call evangelists. Mm. They've had some sort of problem in their own life or some sort of challenge in their business or whatever it is. And they found a solution that worked for them and they became an evangelist for this solution. And maybe they went and they paid 5,000, 10,000 more dollars. Wow. That was a good English Joss. They paid a bunch (laughs) of money to get certified in whatever that system or book or program or info product was so that they can say, Hey, I'm a certified X, Y, Z. And I have this tool that can help you, but are you a coach? And I'm not like, I don't always agree with, um, with the ICF. In fact, they're 
quite a number of ways in which the ICF and I are not best friends. But I I believe that there is a place for it. And some of the some of the position in the ICF is good in that you should have a skill set. You should know what coaching is. Coaching for me doesn't have to be only asking questions and drawing things out. That gets really close to therapy. And that's why uh, coaches have been sued for practicing therapy without a license, particularly life coaches. But you do have to have the skill set. And, and having the training or having having that skill set that is a differentiation for how it's different from therapy. How is it that you're not just practicing therapy without a license? While I'm doing coaching, I'm using this methodology. I'm using these skills to accomplish these things. This is the focus of coaching. It is forward-looking, not rearward-looking. Like all those things, you have to understand that. You have to know it. And you have to actually be able to apply it in the way that you practice your business in order to be a good coach. Um, I think that that's vitally important. I think it's also important to understand what a coaching business is and how to run a coaching business so that you're not just showing up as the coach. Because if your business is in shambles or not really a business, you can't show up as your best self, as your best coaching self. This is why I say so often there aren't enough good coaches available to provide the coaching. Because even if you're a brilliant coach, if you're stressed out about your business or your cash flow or wondering as you're talking to a client, um, Am I even going to be able to be here next week? Am I going to be able to pay for my $100 a month Zoom subscription for this so we can have a call? If that's going on in the back of your mind, you're not showing up as a good coach, as a brilliant coach. You're showing up as somebody who's worried about whether or not you can keep the lights on. And so don't you think that there's there's a challenge here about nomenclature, right? Like Mm -hmm. what do we call coaching? So we've got coaching skills, you know, Mm -hmm. holding space, powerful questions, deep listening, and all of these things we have possibly a need for some expertise in an area, Mm. right? And then third, we've got the business skills. Yep. So granted, there are some amazing training programs out there, both for some kind of skill set as well as for coaching skills. Yep. And what I often hear then is everybody says, I'm a coach. Oh, yeah. There's a huge array of kinds of people and levels of conversations that you can have. So for the newer coach starting out, have some coaching training, go and make sure that you understand that you have some expertise. You're an adult. You've got some expertise in your life. Now let's talk about the business side so that you can actually do the coaching that you want to do, serve the people and have a great life as well. And that's where your expertise comes in, right? Generally. Yeah. Um, been a business coach for 20 some odd years. So, so yes, I understand how business works and I understand fundamentally this. Um, and, uh, hang on. I'll remember his name. Michael Gerber says this in his book, the E-Myth Revisited, right? The vast majority of entrepreneurs are not the vast majority of business owners are not entrepreneurs. They are technicians or artists. They're, they're people who put their hands on something solve the problem, create the thing. They have a brilliance at applying something, at doing something, at creating something. But the vast majority of us, that brilliance is not running a business, owning a business. So we are coaches, right? It's the same thing as you show up, you're a plumber. I turn wrenches, I I fix plumbing things. I am an electrician, that kind of stuff, because that's, that's who we are. That's what we've been. That's the identity we've built for ourselves. The problem is 
a plumber thinks and makes decisions very differently from someone who owns a successful plumbing company. A coach shows up in their business and makes decisions very differently from someone who owns a successful coaching practice or a successful coaching business. They can be the same person, but it's a different hat. It's a different aspect of your personality. Uh, Gerber talks about it in, in his e-myth. He talks about having the three people inside of every business owner. You have the entrepreneur who's the visionary, who sees everything in the future and is, is always optimistic. And this is what we're going to create. You have the manager who is terrified of the entrepreneur because he's going to create a giant mess that the manager has to clean up and organize and put everything in, in place. And you have the technician, the person who'd be happy if they could just sit at their bench and have the work show up in front of them and just do the work and move and finish that and move on to the next project and move on to the next project. And the, the technician is irritated by the manager because the manager's always telling me he's got to clean his tools and put everything away neatly. And the technician's like, I need the tools. I'm doing the work. And the technician is also bothered by the entrepreneur, the visionary, because he's looking up and down in the future. Whereas the technician is saying, I'm just, I want to look at what's in front of me. Right. And we have all three of those people inside of us, according to Gerber. Um, his book has been around for a long time. It's a classic. I like out of all of it, the part of it that stuck with me the most is this particular illustration. And it is that it is so very true with coaches, especially because we get so used to looking at our clients, showing up for our clients, helping our clients create transformation. And the joy for most of us, the thing that energizes us and, and pops us up and makes us go, this is why I do coaching is seeing those transformations happening, ha seeing those, those aha moments, those realizations of, oh my goodness, the answer has been here all the like all that stuff. We love that. And that's why we go into coaching. But the problem is if we don't stop and figure out some business basics and apply them and, and learn how to step out of being the technician for a little bit, to be the manager and to be the entrepreneur, uh, be the visionary. If we, if we don't learn how to do that very quickly, we run out of people to coach, not because, not because they aren't out there, there is an abundance of clients out there who need what you do, but because we don't know how to go looking for them, we don't know how to even better attract them to us in a way that makes them go, oh, you're the person that I need to be talking to. You're the person who's going to help me accomplish this thing that I want to accomplish. Where So where do you recommend new coaches start? You know, and I think that it's really, um, I think it's really clear. It's like, you've got these three faces inside you to have a successful coaching business. You're not going to be one face or the other face or the other face. You just have to know when to change hats so that you can do the thing that you love to do, make the money you want to make, have the impact you want to make, have the life you want to make. But each of those has a spot. So for a newer coach starting out, somebody who's like, you know, maybe they've had 10 clients, maybe they're running with 10 clients consistently and they can see this is really going to help them. What would be your suggestion? Well, if they're already running with 10 clients consistently, um, generally speaking, we it would look at the first place I would check is how are you? Are you if you're running with 10 clients consistently, are you tired? Mm -hmm. Is this is this pushing your capacity? Or are you running with 10 clients consistently, despite the fact that you would really love to have 20 and you just never seem to be able to get above 10 to get to 20, right? So we first want to want to look at that. Either way is fine. 
We just, they're two separate problems. Uh, both of them are probably going to be a little bit around mindset, but once we know what the problem is, either I can't get to where I want to go, I'm, I'm stuck at 10, or man, I'm at 10 and I'm not sure I can, I can hang on to this tiger tail uh, for much longer. Either way, that's a systems thing, right? So we, we want to look at how are you bringing in clients? Like what's your process? And trust me, even if you think you don't have a process, you have a process. Whatever you are doing, that is your process, right? So just writing down, well, what do I do? And, it, and a coach's favorite word is depends. Our favorite expression <laughs> is it depends, right? So unfortunately, we don't get to use that word or that phrase when we're when we're looking at this. We say, well, what do you do to bring in clients? You don't get to go, well, it depends. Do they want this? Do they want that? Do they want this? If you have, if every answer you have is it depends, that's your problem, right? Because you're not acting as a business. You're acting as a coach who's just kind of wandering around hoping that, you know, I'll, I'll wind up with a client someday. Um, so we want to look at what you're actually doing on a regular basis, repeated basis to bring in your clients. How are you charging them? How many people are you talking to in order to get your clients? And that can be a tough thing. Some people don't, don't realize that. A lot of people don't like numbers, um, especially if you're more of the, the um, empathic or intuitive type coach and, you, and you, you feel like you thrive in that space. Oh, the idea of trying to organize this and, and force it down into some sort of shape rather than being able to, to flow with the energy, that's really, that's really hard. It's a thing that we don't like. We don't have to do that. We can change the way we're looking at that. It's a mindset thing again of, okay, I want to be intuitive. I want to be able to go and, and flow with the energy. Well, how do we, how do we use water? How does water work in our lives? We guide it and we direct it, right? Whether it's through things that we build as humans, or if you look at the way the earth already exists, there are natural channels. The way the moon and the tide affects water, the way that coral reefs and rivers and mountains and all of these things, they affect by guiding the water, by putting some, you might want to say boundaries, or you might say guardrails, or you might say directional assistance, Mm -hmm. in place to help guide that flow. We can do the same thing in your coaching business. But the first thing you need to do is, what am I doing now? And then it is, does immediately anything jump out at us as, oh, well, I could do that better, or I could do that a little bit more consistent, consistently. Um, or, hmm, I wonder if I could try doing it this way. I read this book by this person who said, this is how they get clients. Is, does that seem to work with the way I'm already doing things? If it doesn't, if it's completely anathema to us, it's like, oh, that's 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 utterly not me. Great. At least you've realized there's one thing not to do. So if that's a thing that is absolutely opposite of you, who is a person that speaks to the way they run business, the way they, they generate clients that does resonate with you, that does align with the way that you want to show up? Because there are... Lots and lots of coaches out there. There are lots and lots of people who call themselves coaches that are actually trainers or instructors or consultants, right? Or mentors that are out there that will say, this is what works for me, or this is the system that my clients enjoy. Take a look at those and go, hmm, is there something here that can work for me? I don't recommend spending your entire life looking for, you know, through, through millions of people. Find a, find a good coach that you trust. Start with them and say, hey, 
here's a thing that we talk about that maybe doesn't resonate with me. So maybe, maybe my clients say, Hey, Joss, I don't really like this idea of being able to get clients in 15 minutes a day of, of activity every day, because I don't like having to show up for 15 minutes every single day, specifically to do, uh, to do client generation. I want to be more organic with her. I want to do a different, a different thing. Is there another tool that you have? Well, actually, yeah, there's a bunch of other tools that I have. Some of them are, are not necessarily my favorites. And some of them I'll say, here's a different tool that I'm aware of. I'm not strong at it because it's not the way that I work, but let me refer you to someone that I know and trust that does it that way or some resources that that you can look into that follow that particular school of thought. If you run into a coach that says, oh no, there's no other school of thought. This is the way they do it. Every other school of thought is wrong. Well, my first recommendation is probably that's not your coach. Um, it's time to go. Most good coaches, if you go to them with this thing and say, hey, here's what we're talking about and here's where, where it's not working for me, they might ask you some questions and see if it's really that it's not working for you or if maybe it's a mindset thing or maybe we can change your perspective and then maybe it will work. But if that's not the case, if it's like, no, this is just not the way I, I, I roll, okay, they're probably going to be able to say, here are some other resources you might want to look at. They might also say, maybe it's not a good fit for us to continue working together because the way that you want to work is not is going to struggle with the way that I generally guide my folks to do things. But that's great because they're honest and they're going to work with the people that they're meant to serve. And the best way they can serve you as someone who isn't someone they're meant to serve is to guide you towards other people that you're meant to serve. And if you can have that open, honest relationship with a, a coach or a consultant, that's going to take you miles and miles ahead much, much faster. So all the things that you're saying are, what I like about it is it's very common sense. You know, where are you at right now? How are you doing? Pinpoint a little bit, where exactly is the struggle? Is it in the client attraction? Is it in the client retention? Is it in how you onboard people? Is it how you work with your people on a day-to-day basis? And then checking in with yourself. How, what do you like? What's your style? And then finding a way, finding a mentor that will help you grow within your style to create that business that really works for you. But I think that that's, did I miss anything? No, I think that, that, that summed it up pretty well. I think the only, it's a caveat, don't stew in it. Right. If, if you're find something and start and you'll know right away if something just absolutely feels wrong and be like, no, that's, that's, that's not a thing for me. And mm-hmm. I often encourage people to, instead of going, well, I know what that is. It's not for me say, well, isn't that interesting? And maybe explore it a little bit. But if you're saying, isn't that interesting to everything and never actually moving out of your spot because nothing resonates with you, um, pick something and go. And it, and it doesn't matter. You're not married to it. You're not committing your life to it. You're just, you're going to date for three or six months exactly. and see how it fits. Right. Yeah. And, and you'll learn from that and it's not going to destroy your business. And really notice too, that if you are sort of stewing at it and really having a problem making a decision or even trying something, there's probably, you know, more of that nervousness, more of that fear at play here than an actual, than anything, you know, and so you're going to have to move through that, get to know it, be good friends with your fear and then, and then move through it. So you can try some different ways. Huh? Just, so just a second here, we've talked about this co-opetition, 
which I love. We've talked about what happens if you're a newer coach and you know that it's time for you to make that, start putting some systems in place. I wanted to find a different word for system, but system is the way it works. There is the perspective on a system doesn't have to be a hard metallic thing that's only right angles. It can be something that's more organic. It can be something that flows a little bit. And then you've given all of us some really great ideas about, so how, where do you start? What Can you think of a particular success story that you would be great to share? Something that would just, you know, people listen to this and they go, oh, wow, that would be so much fun. Sure. I'd so the, the one that jumped immediately to mind was a client and, and good friend of mine, Megan. And she's a coach in the nutritional space. So holistic nutrition, helping people figure out their um, how their relationship with food, what kinds of food are going to help them accomplish the things that they want to accomplish, that sort of thing. And when we started working together, it took a long time. Like I, I'd known her for a year and a half before we started working together. We we networked together and had, were in some of the same circles. And she had gone to another, uh, to a marketing person who called themselves a marketing coach. They were basically an ad buyer for Facebook ads and lost a bunch of money doing it. And again, it's the whole, the concept that anybody who's unemployed calls himself a coach now because a decade and a half, two decades ago, anybody who was unemployed called themselves a consultant uh, until the the doors got blown off of that industry. But anyway, um, so she had, she had run into somebody who basically was just taking advantage of the fact that, oh, you're a coach, spent several thousands of dollars, been burned on the situation. And, and, but she just in, in, in being around me and hearing me talk and, and the way that I address people and stuff. She she started hearing things that that landed with her, that intrigued her, that made her go, well, that's different. That's that's new. And then as she got to trust me, she she finally reached out and she said, can we talk about working together? And I said, sure. Um what's your problem? What is it that you want to do? And and she was struggling with with income. Um she was in a high stress situation. There had been uh uh, I think her husband had been laid off or something like that. They had two kids. They were moving house, a whole bunch of stuff going on. And her her business had gone. Uh, it was the first time in a January that she didn't see a whole flood of new people. Because anytime you're talking about food and nutrition, you know, January 1st, everyone wants to start off on that clean slate, right? And she didn't see that. And that 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 kind of panicked her a bit. And so she said, we need to talk about working together. And, and is, there, is there something we can do? And I said, sure. So we worked together for eight weeks, I think we did a, and she was part of actually, I, I put her into a group program because she uh, just cash flow wise, you know, I, I didn't want to add more stress to her situation by saying, Hey, you need to pay this much to work with me one-on-one. So I put her in a, in a small group program that I did with some others specifically around uh, getting clients, putting together a system to attract your clients, the ones that you're meant to serve while at the same time, repelling the clients, not offending, but repelling the people who are not your clients, the ones that you're not meant to serve. Worked together for about eight weeks. At the end of that eight weeks, what had happened with her is she said, I had given her permission to do things that she thought were taboo when it came to marketing and specifically in the, in the coaching space. I had helped her to think about her relationship with clients and prospects and um, the world at large differently and taught her just some simple things to do on a regular basis 15, 20 minutes a day to attract the right clients. And in going through that process, at the end of it all, in eight weeks, 
she had brought in so many of the right kinds of clients that she had to hire not one, but two new coaches to help her deal with the the number of clients that she had brought in that needed good coaching because she had to shift. She didn't, she didn't quit coaching. She still worked with clients, but she still had to shift some of her time to running a successful coaching business instead of just being the coach. And once she did that, the stress was gone. There was an abundance of clients. Um, she had been uh, called by the the school that certified her in, in what she did to actually help certify other uh, nutrition coaches in that specific space. Like all of this stuff happened with her business just in an eight week period of time because she was able to look at what am I doing? Why am I doing it this way? What if I looked at it a different way and actually allowed myself to do some things that I'd always been told, oh, no, 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 that's not how you're supposed to build a target market. That's not how you're supposed to define an ideal client, right? Instead, we gave her permission to do the taboo things and be in alignment with who she was. And I hate that expression, but we'll use it for now. Be in alignment with who she was and who she is and speak to and attract the people that she was meant to serve. Mm. I love that for so many reasons, not just the quick turnaround, allowing somebody to be more themselves and to break through those taboos, but the ripple effect, like for her business to be better, is amazing yep. for the number of clients that she served for their lives to be better. And then also to bring on a couple of coaches, like just the ripple effect is, is massive. What a great story. Ah, yep. oh, wow. Well, I've really enjoyed this conversation. So Joss, tell me for anybody who's listening that says this fellow, I got to find out more about this fellow. How do they find out more about you? Well, the fastest way is to probably go to my website, profitforcoaches.com. Um, they, there they can catch my podcast, Profit for Coaches. Uh, they can uh, subscribe to my newsletter, which we send out tips once a week. Um, some more in-depth behind-the-scenes stuff on each podcast episode that I've done and offers and things like that. Um, and they can find me, Profit for Coaches, on Instagram. And... Uh, yeah. And then Joss Willard on LinkedIn. Those are, those are the best places to find me, but really profitforcoaches.com. Go check out the website and the, the podcast. And, and that's the best place. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much for being a guest. I know that it's going to be one of the fan favorites. Really appreciate having you. Okay, everyone. That's this week's episode wrapped up. Take some notes, go back, rewind, and start taking action on the things that Joss has recommended for you. Have a great day. Thanks again for listening today. Please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Also, I would love to hear from you. Did something that I say resonate? What else would you like to learn about? Click the link in the player and leave a comment on the post. This is going to give me great ideas for future episodes so I can help you best. Join me again next week for more coaching, support, and teaching to help you become the confident coach you are meant to be.